You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Making Waves. Hey, and we are live. Welcome, everyone, to Making Waves 12. Ken, can we get a fill, bud? Are you guys awake now? Is everyone awake? <laughs> welcome anyway, guys, to the welcome. show. <laughs> That's right. Welcome. That's a first. Wonderful. Thank you. Hey, guys, everyone, welcome to, uh, again, Making Waves 12. What beta? What? What? Wait. Sorry, English yeah. bad. Too much coffee. Uh, what better way to bring in a Rocktober than with two monsters of the midway? Please welcome everyone, Travis Johnson and Kent Nimmel from In This Moment. Gentlemen, thank you. And thank you, Kent, for that extremely John Bonham-ish. And, you know, his death was last week, so that's very fitting. Yeah. My intro. And also, you guys know Chad. Chad hey, Nicefield, lead singer of uh, Wilson. Stock, stoked on that John Bonham death over there, just dropping it in there. And I don't want to. I don't want to be stoked, but the guy, come on, man. I'm just I, that was amazing. And uh, anyway, but you guys know Chad. He's the singer of Wilson and also the host of Ship Rocked 20 and 21, which is again this May, May 2021. So we're all stoked. But listen, guys, if this is your first time on the show tonight, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, the live stream, go into the comment section if you've got any questions for uh, Travis or Kent. We'll go ahead and pull those and pose them. Otherwise, we're going to have an enjoyable next hour. So please follow along. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let Chad talk with these two and it's just a bunch of artists talking shop so how about it fellas hi hi guys hey, what's man? Up? how are you it's good to see your pretty faces um i've never had two at the same time so um i'm be gentle with me if you if you get my drift here um, so i, I would love <laughs> i guess we'll start i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna start with uh, with kent so kent oh. what bpm were you just playing at for the for everybody listening at home oh god <laughs> i have no idea i just went for it it felt like an easy three i'm just saying I felt it. dude <laughs> exactly travis comes in with the win uh, i wanted to talk a little bit about your um your kit because it we learned right before we started that year uh you're teaching drum lessons right yep. in this downtime yep. And you yeah. have your your room looks like set up with multi camera views, and you, I saw all the symbols. Do yeah. you have a affinity to a certain type of symbol, or do you just want them all? Like, uh, a, brand, like a size? Are you like a full ride guy the entire time? You throwing in some splashes there? What's your what's your symbol setup over there? Um, I mean, my favorite symbol ever is the ozone um, that gotcha. Sabia makes. It's got I don't know if you know much about it, but it's got like the big holes. All, mm -hmm. all around it i love that oh, yeah. thing um because for some reason growing up uh, people are gonna hate me for saying this but i'd never like chinas even though i have one right here brother. Yeah. when i was a kid i didn't like the sound of them but for some oh, reason yeah. the ozone was like a, a mix between a china and a crash so the, the ozone's by far my favorite do you um, find yourself leaning into that china pretty heavy nowadays as an adult yeah, now that I feel like uh, my playing has gotten better, my ears have opened up. Um, I, you know, I'm playing the China all the time, and I love it. Gotcha. I, I wanted to ask that quick question. I'm a huge fan of the China as a singer in a practice space. It's my absolute nightmare. Yeah, but I love it. I love it in any other application. Uh, so I, I, then, I guess next, moving on to you, Travis. I don't. I see that you have a, a bunch of guitars back there. Uh, you're a Schechter guy, right? Yes, or bass guitars, actually. Yeah. Uh, how long you been with the company? God, since the beginning, so 2010. Man, I don't want to get nerdy on gear with everybody because I'm sure making waves listeners aren't like, well, you know, let's hear about your pedal setup. Or well, how many? No, I can. Chad, if I can interrupt, I mean, 
Yeah. Travis does a, ma a magnificent job with Schechter as far as like creating designs for the for the top of his, of his bases. They're all very unique and singular. So uh, that's that's always great. Is that just the creativity of the band to go down to the point where you're doing so many details on just the littlest things in order to present the show? It, I just had to chime in with that because I'm always amazed at his rig. So yeah, yeah. That's the fun part is getting getting a brand new guitar and looking at it and go, what can I do to this? to try to make it look a little more brutal, you know what I mean? And they're always super down and love to see what I come up with. So, uh, so you yeah, send your designs in and then they like, you, as a sponsored artist they're they don't have like a limit. I mean, I, I suppose they probably do, but like, what's the craziest thing you've ever re requested from Schechter and did they deliver? Well, actually I do it myself. So they'll send me oh, what shit. I want and then I'll do it here. Yeah, I do. Like I just finished a guitar yesterday for somebody. Um, so I do a lot of carving and, you know, put spikes on it and make it look rusty and just kind of do my own, my own little take on them for, for our live shows. Do they ever chime in? I, last question about this. And I, I know you're probably like, all right, bro. But the, the question I do have about your designs and how you're, you're, you work them into the overall aesthetic of your live performance, not just as it's really important because it's not just for the band, right? It's you, it's your personality. It's, it, it's an extension of your, your, per, your, your beings, your you're DNA. When they see that, do they ever say, Hey man, Why'd you fuck up my bass? <laughs> or do they, do, are they like pro? Do they like kind of showcase or help you or come up with any Absolutely. solutions? Sick. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, they've actually said, we got to get photos of that next time you're in town. You know what I mean? We're coming through and stuff. So they totally back it 100%. You know, they know they're real theatrical and, uh, you know, kind of just works with the whole look. Of course, I never mess with the, the name. So that's yeah. always visible. You know what I'm saying? So I just do aesthetic stuff to it to make it look uh adaptable to our show so everything looks cohesive you know yeah, yeah totally i mean i love that stuff is it, it, a i'm a huge advocate for like how do i make sh make this whole thing work together so when i'm visually seeing it the sonic sounds marry themselves with the whole picture and Absolutely. you guys are probably the best uh, I, if i could be honest with you i don't know of any other band in modern times that does what you do as a band as great as you do it. Um, I've been privy to many of Shiprock performances. I came to the Fillmore here in Detroit multiple times to see you perform. I'm friend, I mean, I've been friends with your crew. So I've been in and out of your dressing rooms. I've seen the idea of what you guys do to put on and how much energy goes behind that. And it's obviously super appreciated by the fans. And it's part of what defines you and creates this massive, um, uh, th this massive act that in this moment has become. And do you guys, do you guys find yourself ever um, like pushing the envelope and getting in like creative arguments where they're like, like some, is there ever a moment where like, you're like, listen, I'm going to turn my ba base into a massive floating pirate ship. And then, uh, you know, Kent's like, Bruh, I'm already doing the pirate ship thing though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's definitely, I wouldn't say arguments, but, debates about, you know, everybody's always trying to evolve and, and come up with ideas and that kind of thing. And, and then the main discussion is, it all, like you said, everything has to work cohesive. So as much as you love an idea, if it's not going to float with the entire look of the band on stage and what we have going on, then it's kind of like either everybody has to lean that way or, you know, vice versa. So, yeah, that's kind of what's so great about it and what's so fun about the band is it's the music, which is great and we're passionate about and love. But there's the that whole other side of the production and the show and thinking about that whole aspect. So, you know, it feels like a movement. You know what I mean? Instead of just a band playing music and stuff. So it's it's exciting, man. But yeah, there's definitely some debates and stuff trying to make everything the best it could be at all times. You know, I can only imagine, man. Just in my own little nucleus of being the Wilson guy and being like, okay, so we're all gonna do this, and then one day, you know, on a Tuesday show, Homeboy shows up with like the absolute antithesis of what we talked about and there's like what's up dude if you're not you're the memo uh anyways kent man i i, I want to bring it back to you real quick because you're yeah. you're a d-drum guy right yeah you do you use the um the tech side of what d-drum is doing out on the road like the skins and stuff like that i i, I remember a few years ago they had like a really really diverse system for um like skinning skinning electronic skins on their drums if right correct. i'm not right, drumming. Yeah, um i no we didn't really get too much into that as far as the d-drum products go i used their um what are they called the the 
little clips that go on the side of the drum. The uh, those are the ones, yeah. Yeah, so I, I did triggers or whatever. Triggers, right? yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. couldn't remember that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we used triggers briefly for one tour, but it wasn't in the way that people think. It wasn't to trigger a sound. It was to act as a gate. So it was oh. still me playing, but it was cutting out all the symbols and everything, and it it would only open up and release the sound of the tom uh, when I would hit it, and then it would go quiet again. So you're not getting all this symbol bleed and stuff. Gotcha. I mean, that's like the part of D drum that I know the best. And that's a, by the way, I, I wish I would have known those existed for my in-ears when we were talking about the rehearsal space <laughs> and the dryness. Like, oh, yeah. wait, you can do that. <laughs> um, I, how long have you been playing drums? I mean, obviously you're at, you're at a space when you're in a full-time, full-time touring massive band, you're doing mm-hmm. lessons and it seems to be like you're all encompassing everything. And I, I would assume you're one of the drummer guys that, sh- that shot out of the womb uh, playing pots and pans, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I started, I guess, real young. My mom used to put me up on the uh, drum set for the pep band yeah. at like the football games and stuff. Um, like when the pep band wasn't playing, <laughs> yeah. she'd, she'd put me up there and I'd get to like bang around as a kid. Um, <laughs> you know, so I guess you could say hey, that's when it started. Damn. Um, but yeah. Did- did you do school like marching band or anything like that? No, my school was too small. We, the whole high school only had 38 kids in it. Oh, where you, where, where, hold on, wait, <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah. to, to divert from the drum situation for a second, but where the fuck did you go to school at, button? How was that? <laughs> it's a real small town called Clallam Bay, Washington. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So are you still yeah. up there in Washington right now? I guess I didn't ask I, you where you guys are located right now. I'm in, I'm in Washington now. Yeah. I'm a little you closer well? to Seattle, but. Tra- 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 Travis, are you as well? What's that? Are you in Washington as well? Or are you? No, still- I'm in Vegas. Oh, okay, but you're both. Okay, so you're not that. I mean, you're pretty far away, but in terms <laughs> of uh, spatial goes. Uh, did you guys know each other? Quite another question before coming into the band uh, as humans, like even that you existed before. I believe that Travis, no. you've been <laughs> since 2010. Oh no, okay, cool. No, so I, I went to like? an. It- I went to an <laughs> in this moment meet and greet at Nam one year and met them all for the first time as a fan. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So how did you get the? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, because this is this is the biggest curious uh, case for me with bands, yeah. especially well with your band, is when you have fluid members. I shouldn't say fluid members; it's a bad terminology. What do I say? When you have members who have co- are coming in in record after record cycles, and there's yep. been like a unit going as strong as it has been, there has to be typically a space where like your lives have crossed to know of each other and yours is yeah. a meet and greet. So I will, I have to know, like, do you send in fire off a bunch of emails? Do you have like somebody like call somebody or how did you, you know, usually this happens cause you were in another band you tour together, right? That's generally why those things are so easy. Right. And, you know? Um, no, this happened because, really wasn't even because of the meet and greet, but it was because um, our one of our guitar players, Randy, started a project called Blackfall. Gotcha. And he posted about it on Instagram, said, looking for a drummer and in the L.A. area, and I lived in L.A. at the time. And so I responded and sent him my website, sent him some videos and stuff, and um, so I auditioned for his band and got it. And then it just kind of led into in this moment. Oh. So this is, were you in three by design at this time in Los Angeles or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you were like, fuck y'all motherfuckers. I'm going to go join this band. (laughs) No, no, I, I, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, I was excited of course. Um, but I was, I was sad to leave that band too, but I knew I had to do it because that band was like, that's the band that's like the dream. You know what I mean? It's like your, your four brothers, you're going to take it to the top and you're just going to take over the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, is it, was it weird when you told them bye? Uh, yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> if they're watching right now, and they're just like, "Oh, I will fucking kill you!" You know, <laughs> some oh, okay. shit. We we were on our our first tour as a band. Oh shit! When you left? Well, we we went on our first tour, and we were doing a tour down to South by Southwest and back. And okay. okay during that tour it came over the radio that in this moment was looking for a drummer now at that time i had already sent videos i had already done stuff so you know but for some reason radio put it out there that in this moment's looking for a drummer and i had already kind of sealed the deal at that point 
Oh, that's was that the world's biggest Korea. recycler right there? That's, that's yeah. Recycler Magazine for the airways, looking for drummers. <laughs> hey, Must Travis. be ready to conquer. Hey, real quick, guys, I got a question from one of our ship rockers. Shout out, want to come in, and this is really yeah. we're going to be getting, skipping really ahead here because it's about the tour and live show, which we want to definitely delve into here. But uh, this is Angelia, and this is actually asking a question for her nephew Caden. So. Uh, it's a family affair. Uh, they want to know, both of you guys individually, what's your favorite song to play live and what, when you guys eventually do get back on tour, what's going to be the song you most look forward to playing from Mother? Hmm. Not that you've created that set list yet, but in, in, a, in, a, you know, in a scenario where you right. can pick any song. You guys haven't played anything from that record live at all, have you? Uh, uh, yes. Briefly. A little okay. bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. For me, I would say God, it's almost a toss-up between Big Bad Wolf and Adrenalize for my favorite live song. Um, and then we played As Above before. So I would say one of the other new ones that we're bringing out that I don't know if I should let you guys know, so it's a nice, big, juicy surprise. Yeah. Uh, then, then don't do it. Just <laughs> We'll just go with, yeah. Do don't, it, don't Travis. Let it slip. Good Else we'll all face the wrath. So let's not do that. Um, Ken, how about you, bud? Um, my favorite is Adrenalize. That's kind of always been my favorite. You know, you got the heavy intro and then it goes mm -hmm. right into this, like, almost feels kind of like a halftime groove right before the verse. And then, like, the cryo's going off and it's it's awesome. I love, I love yeah. that song. Um, but for Mother, um, man, I... I we, we've played it already, but um, I like playing Legacy a lot, you know? There's something okay. about that song. It's just a, you know, it's not a super heavy song or complicated uh, drum-wise or anything, but it's just, there's something about it just feels good. Well, it's certainly a song that kind of splits up the set. It, yeah. you know, kind of <laughs> lowers the temperature for about four minutes. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an incredible song. The message behind it's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, Maria hit it out of the park with those lyrics. But, Absolutely. yeah, the song itself performed live is is something to see. So, all right, uh, Angelita, I hope that answers your question for your nephew, Caden. So thanks guys for answering her on that question. Chad, back to you. I'm going to switch gears here because this is the, uh, where I was going to go is a little bit of a, uh, you know, I was playing bully. Like, what did it feel like when he came in the room, brother? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so if I can bring you back to like this, the same version of what I, we were just talking about, uh, with, with Ken Travis in 2010, when you entered the band, I mean that, at that period of time, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the blood record, the blood record had came out at all. Were you guys in the middle of another, um, what, where were you at in the career? Yeah, we were yeah. on, uh, it was pretty much the beginning of the, uh, star cross wasteland gotcha. uh, cycle tour cycle. Okay. And, and did you come in through, um, through like a, a member leaving at the time or how, how did you get yeah. introduced to the fold? And did you know them at all? Cause I know you were in a, you were in a band called NVIDIA, uh, at, yeah, that was, NVIDIA this. was actually more recent. Oh, okay. Um, while I was in in this moment, it was like a, a singing side project for me. Oh, sweet. Um, so yeah, I, I checked it out. It's great, by the way. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, I knew them from way back. I mean, I used to live with Chris. Uh, we were in a band, many bands together. And then Maria came into the fold. And um, I mean, our history goes back 20 some years. Um, oh, So yeah, nice. me and Chris were in a bunch of just heavy, heavy stuff back in the day. And then Maria came on the scene. We're like, whoa. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, there was a, it started to be basically, it was in this moment, but it was called dying star in the beginning. And Maria played keyboard, more of a death oh. tones, kind of slower groove thing. I had no uh, idea. Okay. And it was just, this is amazing. I've never even heard this. This is great. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So That's awesome. It was, you know, we played a lot of shows in LA and stuff. I was obviously pre-signed and, um, it was Jeff Fab from black labels on drums and then Jason Womack, who I think he's in Fuel now, and he used to be with Juliet Lewis and the Licks. So That's he was on the car, and there was me, Chris, and Maria. So um, that ran its course. We went to the heavier route and started doing the In This Moment thing. And then I decided that I wanted to be a singer. So I actually left the band and became, became a singer and just a super heavy, like Pantera, Sepultura kind of thing. Gotcha. And they okay. got Jesse, the original In This Moment bass player. And, uh, you know, did their deal for years. I mean, from 2007 till 2010, 
uh, they went through, you know, a couple different bass players and stuff. And by that time, they, my band Flatline ended and I was sober finally and all this stuff. And they needed a bass player. And they were like, hey, man, would you want to come back? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so that was like the rejoining of the band. But we've all been in bands for years prior. So, it, you know, there was never a I did never felt like I was joining in this moment. It started as a brotherhood, like Kent was saying earlier, with all your homies. We're going to take it to the top. And then I just chose to leave and had this was almost bored with bass and wanted to be a singer. And I did that for a while, man. And uh, then I got the chance to come back and it was like rejoining the family, you know? So didn't really have the big, Oh God, are they going to like me? Are we going to get along? None of that was an issue because we were already family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you already knew, you know, they were, they thought you were really cool and so cool enough that they were like, go do your thing come back home, baby bird, when you're ready. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, Trav, Nadia, you, you know Nadia. She wanted to ask real quick, and she wanted to put the question out there. When you obviously were doing In This Morning with the Flatline, came back, and then you went and did a in video. Um, what's it like going from, like, bass player to front man, back to bass man, back to front man again? Is that just a natural progression for you? Is it just an easy, like, pair of shoes to put on and take off? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, it's not really, like, a big transition for me. I mean, uh, it's definitely different because I have no voice and in this moment with the mask on and then all of a sudden I have a mic. So that way they're yeah. parallel different, but, um, sure. But yeah, it's like, I'm, I sing for so long with flatline and stuff that that's just a switch. I can turn on one or the other, you know, um, love them both for different reasons. You know, I mm-hmm. love being a bass player and love just the low end vibe and have been playing. God, so I was 12, 13 years old, but I have a love for singing too, man. And I, you know, that's why it was nice to do the NVIDIA thing too and kind of revisit it and put a record out under a label and then, but still have my bread and butter and my family and in this moment sure. supported it. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. There you go. Well, Nadia, there you go. Question answered. Those artistic itches are so important for players, writers, everybody to, to really reach out and touch every once in a while because if you can't, I mean, I would assume that you feel the same way that I do. Like it's all, it's about the soup, right? You know, it's not about one ingredient and you're the, you're the, you're the pot, right? And if, and if it's not all working together, that thing's going to boil over, probably hurt somebody, most likely yourself. Uh, and you know, and how that kind of transitions into where you guys are at now in your career when you, I mean, obviously pre-pandemic, so busy, so go, go, go between record cycles. You you mean the traditional version of being in a band, record comes out, you tour, find some time to write some songs, but then use a couple of months after the, when you stop touring to really hone that in, record it, record comes out, you go tour. Mm -hmm. And you don't really get the time to really scratch those other parts of who you are, your DNA, like I, I mentioned earlier. When you guys are on the road, um, transitioning over to this idea of touring before the pandemic did you guys do you guys have those sort of like um personal itches that you have to you know are you a comic book guy do you have to find the comic book store or the or the coffee place or what's your what's your favorite go-to what's your go-to when you get to a town if you've never been there before oh when on the road yeah when on the road touring I mean I would say probably for me in Kansas the same thing like where's the gym yeah (laughs) okay you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. I'm not really a collector of anything or anything like that. It's just, uh, yeah, just try to get a workout in, try to stay healthy while you're on the road. Yeah, and uh, yeah, even when I'm home, I guess it's like pretty much just clock out mentally, and and pretty much hang out. You know, do art. I do love art, but I mean, overall, we're, I'm pretty simple, man. As long as I can <laughs> lift a little weights and shit, and I'm good. I'm ready to rock the show. The, the uh, do, do you have the, you said the same you guys are the same Ken uh, yeah I mean pretty pretty much yeah when we're when we're touring it's like as soon as I wake up like I'm looking in the area to try to find a gym if, see if there's one around there that I can go to for a couple hours um, I mean but when I'm home it's it's a little different like I'm up in the mountains and I'm going going all over the place you know well, you see drop in the mountains yeah yeah like doing like outdoor stuff like fishing and hiking and biking and stuff so you don't you don't get time that's the one thing about tour right you never get time to scratch those sort of like personal uh idiosyncrasies that we have as humans you're just in it somebody's like oh yeah but you've been everywhere but the reality of it is it's you just seen a venue and most likely a starbucks and a gym yep right yeah and, pretty much uh, and then you're on to the next place so being home like you like you just mentioned um travis with the idea of 
feeling a release and being simple, it's probably the most crucial thing that you can do for your mental health in general um, to continue to do what you a love to do what b is allowing you to survive and see what other people love to see you do and um, i think that we also oftentimes i mean i'm a huge fan of music in general besides being in a band and all that other shit i, I go to the shows you know i pay attention to the to their vibes on stage what's going on and you know because my mind's been through the, the the gutter a million times and I, I i know that fear that you'll start to have like two weeks into a tour right like is this gonna last forever am i gonna right. feel like this i need you know some release so i, I don't know if anybody's listening to this but remember that uh, us musicians and just anybody in general, we're all struggling with this version of balance and um, having that time to really find yourself when you can is super important. So for what it's worth. Uh, and true. And that's what's weird about the pandemic is we all got, like you were saying, record cycle, come home a little bit, write another record cycle, everything's planned and you're going. So it's like the beginning of the pandemic was like, oh, kind of a little bit of a breathing room. But it's, the, the tough part is anybody who tours knows that when you're on the road, you want to be home. When you're home, you want to be on the road. Yeah. Well, now it's just like, man, I've been home so long. I, I want to say I love it, but I miss being in the crazy life and on the tour bus and not knowing where the hell I am when I wake up, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's definitely tough and, and super weird. Um, you know, the, the music industry is just completely suffering. and It's so weird. Everybody yeah. and everything is, but. You know, hey guys, we, we got some we got some great questions coming. If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of get to them. And this, oh, oh this is great. I mean, this is awesome. This discussion has been amazing. Um, and you're right, Travis never knows where he wakes up and doesn't know where he's at. Anyway, um, so anyway, um, with the album Mother, you guys got a, got kind of caught, unfortunately, in a time space where the album comes out at the end of March, everything had just shut down and things were getting canceled. So you get caught in this kind of like the album tour cycle kind of gets like really delayed. Like, you know, like, Hey, uh, we're going to take 12 months off and then try to build the enthusiasm to get this album going back. Um, Jeremy, one of our shipwreckers wants to know the writing process uh, on the last album on mother, the one who just was released. Well, who wrote what, how was, what was the writing process like for you guys? You individually as players. Well, it's, we work in a, in a crazy way. It's all kind of like everybody puts everything in and ideas. Um, you're talking about the writing process of the record itself as a whole. Yeah, like you're writing, recording. I mean, what what you bring to it, what you, you know, hey, is it is the idea? And this is again stemming from this question: Do hey, here's the song, Trav, create bass lines for this. Is that how you guys do it? Kind of like you know, everyone color in your box. Right. Well, this this record was a little different. I actually played bass on all of it. Um, there was pieces and parts that would be done before I got there before, mm -hmm. but obviously I'm in Vegas now, which is where we record. So it kind of, it worked in my favor. Kevin Sherco, uh, right? Not to interrupt. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Kevin and Kane uh, were on this, oh, cool. work on this record, his son. And yeah, so most of it will be pre-planned and set in stone. And I have room to breathe and, and play my own style, but it's, I don't want to say predetermined or pre-recorded, but, you know, there's a, there's a uh, template to go by, I guess, by the time I get in because bass is last. <laughs> um, but yeah, this time I was able to play bass on all of it. I did it over, I think, three days, maybe two days. And I uh, just sat in a room with Kane and played all my parts and, you know, had the luxury to play however I wanted with pick or with fingers and, you know, throw in fills and that I felt. Say, do you get to add flourishes where you, where you see fit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Ken, how about you, bud? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same as what Travis said, you know, it's, it's everybody throws ideas into a big pot and, you know, one little tiny idea can spark this huge song or one tiny idea will spark this song and that idea won't even get used in the song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much just how it goes. Okay. The, if I can add, can I use another question on the record? No, um, dude, take it, take it from there, and then we'll come, oh, we'll come no, back. Oh no, I just questions. wanted to say, mention one thing about I know, I know Kevin, and I know that you guys have done like five records with him, right? And the one thing that I remember, you just said you crushed that bass in like two days, right? How long did the drums take you to to come in and in, in uh, and cut a day or two or something like that, probably? Um. Well, I didn't. I didn't play on the record. 
Oh, well, in general speaking, when you are playing on records, right, is it like a one, 10 songs, one to two days, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Especially if I can get them beforehand and, yeah. and you know, shed them and, and work on the parts and have it down. And then that way it's not going in there and figuring out what to play. It's you already know what you're going to play. Uh, you know, you have it dialed. People in our industry, when you're recording, they often get ups. I know some people will be like, well, you coming in for two days and make your bass and play your bass part or your drum part and then you're done. And I'm here, the vocalist or guitar player for like a month, you know, but they don't realize the amount of fucking time that you two have put in before coming in there because you can't change that foundation for them. Uh, today's technology is a little bit better, but in general, it's still rule of thumb. You to create this base that everything else can maneuver around but that will never change so once it's captured it's captured so you're two days of playing though it might seem like you're copping out or whatever or we'll, we'll, we'll get you that and edit it's actually months of you sitting around making sure that every fundamental four on the floor whatever the fuck it is is on time with each other in, in, in married so that the rest of those creative spaces can really let your parts stand out. You are the song. I mean, the drums and the bass are, you know, besides the melody at the end of the day, people forget that like, that is what you're listening to. The reason why you're listening to it. That's why the melody works. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Foundation underneath all that melody and everything. It took me about 15 years to not get pissed at a, at a bass player when he's like, <laughs> okay, later. But then I didn't know what he was doing at home, you know, the entire time. I'm like, oh, so right. when I was fucking off, you were at home playing your bass every single day, all day long. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, no, no. So, I mean, the aspect of the album, um, obviously, it's is always in this moment, always has a pretty heavy concept when you go into the records, everything from the music, obviously, the mood, the vibe, the packaging, video presentation the tour so let's talk about the tour that will be coming obviously that the, the tour will take shape and everything like that um stacy ship rocker she asked this right when we began so let's go jump to that real quick she want to know domestically what's your favorite venue in the states to play it's not you're not showing favoritism just what sounds the best what feels the best where the best coffee is whatever I think the last part of what you asked that you mentioned, by the way, Justin, might be the determining factor. Coffee, absolutely. Where the coffee is. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. What's the, what's your what's your favorite venue you guys have uh, play or played or looking forward to playing? Oh man, I know it's tough. I know the red <laughs> I know the Red Rock show is both on, on both y'all's bucket list, and that's that'll yeah. be coming. Right. And yeah. I played. We played Red Rocks once before, and that was mm. definitely absolutely amazing. Um, I always kind of like the cotillion, and uh, I think that's in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Is that the one with the, it's the round circle, right? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. yeah I always kind of like that one, just because that was my first show within this moment, so it's kind of special to me. Oh um, yeah. So I, and I just I remember like when I was playing, like I was pushed back pretty far, so my sticks were hitting the top of that round thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that one's cool. The, ra- the rave is kind of cool. It's got its own uniqueness to it in Milwaukee. Um, those are the two that kind of always stick out to me. Yeah, I do love the rave. There is this, like, boat thing that we played one time that was really nice. It's like it's on cool. the sea and stuff. It was a floating cool. clam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, no, let's uh, tell you what. Let's take, a, let's take a break from talking about that. Let's, let's talk about Shiprock for a second because obviously you guys have, uh, have been on it quite a bit, and it's always an incredible um, situation for our fans to check you guys out in that setting, especially <laughs> like going, going from the clam and was it 2010? playing the clam on the half ship yep yep to now basically doing these big presentations in the theater and, and on I the deck you, stage you did your uh we played Anthrax, yeah. right That's well right. yeah because you guys chat i don't want to bore you i don't want to bore anyone out there no, so I'm not i kind of tell me more about the clam well the, that was on the pasilla <laughs> that was yeah you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i know what you're talking about <laughs> anyway so i was like you were there um so uh I used to have a PR firm. I was doing sponsorships early on for Shiprocks when I kind of got into this. And my business partner, Kel, at the time, we were friends with the band and stuff like that. And they were doing the Anthrax cover during the set. So Chris came up to Kel and I, and they'd all been wearing Kiss makeup. It's on the cruise. They're having fun. Everyone's having a good time. So they asked Kel and I to sing Cotton Mosh. 
So we adorned like the, we went with death metal paint. And so we sang in the clam with them in the middle of the afternoon, like probably a hundred degrees out uh, doing cotton mosh. So that's how I kind of met Travis. And I think Randy too, right? Yeah, that was Randy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think James was playing drums at the time, right? Just briefly. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, filling yeah. So, in. That was like the whole weird transitional stage. No, but that was great. So Ch- Chad and Shiprockers, that was my get-to-know-these-guys moment. So. Yep. You're jumping all over the stage, being crazy. It was I awesome. hit my head on the top of the clam, dude. I nearly, <laughs> not, I nearly blacked myself out. I'm too tall for that. Rock yeah. and roll is a short man's business. I do want to know. I do. I know we're going to talk about the ship here next, but if you do have a a really uh, unique venue space that's your favorite, uh, Travis, I I would personally like to know uh, if that's okay. Favorite venue? Yeah, just our town or whatever. God, you know, I just there's so many. I can't zone in on one to be honest with you. I mean, I do love the rave. Is the top of the rave is amazing. And we played it last time we played, it, I think it was sold out and it was absolutely just the way the, the That's top. Awesome. Yeah. The top yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful, man. You um, wouldn't see the pool, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, we set up production. So you have to walk by the yeah. pool to the production. <laughs> uh, so this, this, cl- that's awesome. I love that. that well, well, uh, hold that on real routine. quick. So, so Bridget Wetzel, uh, Randy's wife, uh, mentioned that that actually that clam show was Randy's first with the band. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to Randy. He says once he did that show, he's like, "I'm fucking in this band." <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not leaving. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, when was your first uh, your first like non clam? Uh, you, actually, you could probably answer this, Justin. Their first non clam show on the ship. What no, year was that's that? A, that Travis probably has. I miss mean, a blur, dude. So Travis is probably better better answer. I want to say so. it was the following year. 2011. Did we go full ship? Full ship. I love it. The right? show that we played downstairs in the, was that the one with the, uh, Oh, that's a leopard lounge, dude. Or something. Yeah. You guys, you, helmet played and then you guys played. Right. Yeah. That was crazy. Cause you guys were still putting on a production in that lounge and it was fantastic. Yeah. I remember <laughs> like, we put tape over the lights. Yeah. So it, it was great. Dude. Talk about improv- improvisation. It was great. You guys did it in like 20 minutes too. But I think that was, was that, uh, I think, was God, like I, can, I, I need an audible part? here. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get an audible. If anyone remembers what year that was, um, please chime in. Because I almost feel like it might have been 2012, but I'm I'm not sure now. Or 13. Shit. Yeah, because I know you guys. You're right because you guys had done the deck stage because there was the full gig, is the full show, the the, the cemetery gates and everything like that, mm-hmm. right? And right. then I think for the downstairs show, you, you kind of trim back, but you kept, you kept the, the, like some of the parts of the show. So it was kind of an interesting transition for you guys. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have, the, have you played this ship? I, I'm trying to think in my mind. I know that I, Wilson's played it at least twice, if not th- three times with you guys. Yeah. I want to say f- five. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. I That's think awesome. so. Because we had like a run of like three in a row and then we took a break and then we were back. So four or five times we played. I think we've I think we have to punch their card and they get a free cruise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can how many you've done it twice then or am I over uh, this I, I did it once. I've only done it once. I think that was two thousand eighteen. Well, uh, can I can I divert to a quick question to Ken because I think it's gonna be really interesting uh because it's more recent. Um when you got on that ship, when you walked onto that ship, you went through the whole entire process of boarding on, and you were in yeah. the um, the. I always forget what the room's called, the atrium or whatever. I can't remember. I don't know what ship you were on. What did it feel like? What was you going through your mind when you saw what you were actually going to be doing? Uh, I just remember looking around, going, "Man, this is nuts." There's like gear everywhere, but there's people, and then there's like free food, and <laughs> it's just I don't know. It was it was nuts, and to be, and you know like the first time when we played we played on deck for the for our first show okay and i i, I don't remember seeing a thing because of the wind <laughs> the wind oh. was just blowing my hair everywhere and i couldn't see anything and it was knocking my drums over and it, but it was awesome i loved it i i can't wait to play it again i completely yeah. forgot about that actually your floor tom actually fell over right yeah <laughs> yeah my my floor toms fell over a cymbal stand blew onto me it, it was nuts yeah i forgot about that we now na- we now nail everything down <laughs> 
They got nail guns as soon as you, as soon as you get into this. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating because I, I remember, it, I, Tra, Travis, do you, do you remember your first like entrance onto the, I'm not exactly sure what was happening with the clam stage. I was just joking around, obviously, but do you remember that first full ship verbose version of walking on and being like, oh, this is all for us. Like this rock shit is all happening on this boat and that's it and what that feeling was. Yeah, it was it was pretty mind blowing. I've never been on a ship ever before that. So even if I was like just walking on a cruise, I would have been blown away. Yeah. But just the fact, yeah, and the, I remember the big walkway that went to the boat after you yeah. know, we were actually getting on was just like the anticipation was building. I was like, what is this all about? You know what I mean? Like this is truly just straight rock and roll on the sea. This is the most amazing thing ever. So yeah, same thing as Ken said, when you walk in, it's just like the bigness and the beautiful of how everything was. It was, it was mind blowing, man. So that's why every year after that, when we got asked to be back, we're all like stoked, you know, even if we had like smash it into the middle of a tour and put, you know, have the bus drop us off, get on the ship and then jump back on the tour bus after we were fine with it. You know what I mean? Because it was just such an amazing experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was mind blowing that first time I was like humbled for sure, man. It's beautiful. Just so many. What, cool was, your, what was your interaction like with the ship rockers? I mean, I know a lot of artists don't know what they're going to be expecting because you know, the usual tour thing is like, Hey, we'll do a meet and greet like that. But when you have basically everyone has access to everyone. Um, I know for some artists, they, they're like you, they get on, they're kind of like, well, what, what to expect here? And then after one meeting with everyone, it's kind of like, it's cool. Like just kind of neighborly at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how it felt. I mean, it, I think when you have a meet and greet, you kind of have this, like an obligation feeling, kind of like, all right, I got to make this an experience. But in, in that scenario on Chip Rock, it's more of a laid back person to person real thing. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to just go like, go get something to eat, you know, all the free food and just seeing fans and sitting with them and bullshit and eating pizza. And it was a completely different laid back, cool vibe to it, you know, yeah. and I think it was real special for the fans and a little less uh, nerve wracking for us, you know, it just mm-hmm. made it more person to person and real. And that's one of the special things about ship rock, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chad and I always talking to artists about the idea that after you get done doing Shiprock, and it's such a special thing for a lot of people. I mean, it is, sometimes it's, it makes their year. It's their, what they go to, what they spend their money on. And they see a band play that thing. And obviously you guys, you guys are at a much different level than a lot of bands, but uh, you'll see a lot of Shiprockers coming to your show because especially if they just only seen you on Shiprock and they go, well, they're in town. I'm going to go see them because they played on this cruise that I loved. And if they're playing that, then they got to be cool. And, the amount of people that show up with banners and stuff and ship rock jerseys and stuff at your shows. I mean, it's, it's, that's, what's always amazing to a lot of artists. It seems is that they have the support group now built in it in every city they go to because of the cruise. Totally. Yeah. You do see them show up and they have their ship rock shirts and they're, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or even come yeah. to the show and give everybody makes the wristbands, you know, and uh, you know, share their wristbands with you on who they oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. so cool. Yeah. 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 Family. One of these days I'm going to have to show uh, it's in this closet over here, but I have like a bin, like a, like a thing that holds all of those wristbands from each ship. And every once in a while, when I'm feeling real down, you know, I go Cinderella on that and open out the top of that. And just remember <laughs> that there's a cruise ship coming up or whatever. It may or may not be, you know, it, it does. It's, it's so impersonal. Like, even like you said, when you're getting Travis, you said you were getting food, you're sitting there in the line or whatever it may or may not be the idea of so even as me, you know, as a, as a band guy, I'm like super jacked to either see my friends or see the people that I met last time I was on the ship or meet new people to see the bands that I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, like a fanboy about the bands that are playing on, on the ship. You know, for me, it was always, okay, how do I make sure I see this, 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 and this, and then um, at the same time, not look like a total a total jerkus, like freaking out and you know, in the crowd, you know, but I think that's part of the energy that, uh, that everybody's giving you as the, as the performer on and off stage that you're sharing in it. It's, um, it's kind of like this incestual movement on the sea. I feel like of everybody just sharing that same exact energy, man. Um, I, I've yeah. been in the room almost all six of those times, except for the shell um, stage thing and, and the other one that came, the, the one with helmet you were talking about, I've watched you p- perform every single ship and I feel that energy, you know? I feel yeah. it f- 
through my entire body. Everybody knows the words like a normal concert. However, it's above and beyond because they know each other. Absolutely. So, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's something you just can't experience anywhere else. Yeah. Um, back to the tour real quick. Let, let's get back a little. I want to step back and something. talk about y'all's production, which obviously is getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, you guys are at the arena level. So this, these shows go on. Let's talk about your characters you kind of build for each other as far as like, uh, you know, Travis, you're known as the faceless freak. Uh, and Kent, you're always coming up with some new design. You've ever anything from crosses across your face or anything. What are the, what's the inspiration for some of these? Or did you see something or was there a movie or Travis, if we could start with you on where the whole faceless freak thing came from. I mean, that was actually not planned as crazy as that is. Um, we did a, um, I think we're doing photos for the blood record and we had some new members and we weren't sure who was going to be staying or how would everything would work out. It was so in the infantile stage that we did a photo shoot with everybody wearing just tied bandanas, you know, a little bit shredded mm -hmm. up and stuff. And then obviously after the photo shoot, we just took them home. And I just kind of started messing with mine one day. I was like, you know, I kind of like that thing. It's cool. And took it and cut it down a little bit so it didn't go across my eyes and put some polyurethane on it. And wasn't really thinking I'm going to turn this into a mask and, you know, build this character. Uh, but just kind of made it look pretty cool. And everybody in the band was like, dude, that's sick. You know, you should wear it. So it just stuck. I mean, it really did. It became just my thing. And everybody would comment on the mask. So I just started rolling with it. And I'm not sure. I think Maria might have called me Faceless Freak or something. And that just stuck. So it was all just so organic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's become, it's, you know, it's iconic of sorts because no one else, certainly no one else is doing that. Right. I mean, there's people that do like interpretations of things, but you stuck with it and you kind of keep morphing it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. Expand uh, on it. Absolutely. Uh, Ken, how about you, bud? You come up with new ideas for your face paint all the time. What, uh, what do you draw inspiration from? Um, a lot of times I'll go and I'll look at like uh, Native American artwork, like face paints oh, wow. and, and stuff like that. And I'll, and I'll see like maybe one part of the design. I'll be like, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, and I'll try to incorporate that. Uh, the first design I ever did was was kind of a play off of the Joker, mm -hmm. the Heath Ledger Batman thing, um, because my audition videos I drew on my face just to show in this moment that hey I'll draw on my face I'll I'll wear whatever you want me to wear just come on give me the gig, <laughs> yeah. uh, and all I had was like an eyeliner pencil so it was I just drew like black stitches and just weird stuff on my face, but it kind of went off of that. I remember Maria taking me into a room with uh, her hair person and her makeup person. They just started doing stuff to my face and did this Joker thing. And I just, I went with it. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was the ritual album cycle ever for the photo shoot. Everybody had a cross on their face. So then I, yeah. I, I rolled with that for a while. And uh, yeah. can you, can you uh, tell us anything you have planned for the next one? Or is that going to be kept in, kept under wraps until it, uh, we see it? I'm going to plug my ears so I don't hear. <laughs> I, I honestly, I haven't even been, been thinking about it. So I, I know I have to, I got to start thinking about it now though. Okay. You mentioned it. <laughs> I'm glad I reminded you. Yeah. <laughs> the creative freedom is so cool. Like the, the idea of like you, like you, like you said, Travis, it's uh it was organic and in the moment. And for you, uh, <laughs> Kent to be at, was it a video? I would assume it was a video that you recorded and sent in. Yeah, right? I, I just I had to send two videos in as my audition videos. And the you didn't know if you're going to get the gig, right? You get the right. gig, and you're like, "Well, now what do I do?" Because uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to do that all the time. You know, how do I make? And the fact that like not only were you able to create a version of you know yourself on your face that part of dna but they had that maria's in there helping you making sure that you're comfortable doing it that's some yeah. that that's a part of the business that uh i don't think many people um parlay themselves into it's cool to hear those stories and it's also it's super inspiring to think about all the young musicians out there that are like i would love to be in my favorite band you know and then i'll do <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. To be in my favorite band let me get, please give me a chance and to hear that it fucking happened is <laughs> like I, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening out there man just put you know put your all into it that's an incredible story i didn't know it was like that i didn't know you guys didn't know each other and that you were at that point in time like kind of knew each other right but it wasn't yeah you know, well and, I, and I'm, I'm glad maria and them were helping me do the makeup thing because you know i i can't i grew up in like the sticks so i never put eyeliner on before 
you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So they're in there like, uh, my, no, you my eyes are watering. And <laughs> he, can, he can kill some camo though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, another funny story is when we first started doing the makeup thing, we were in, uh, we were in Australia. Um, so a big festival. I'm not sure what it was. But we were just, Maria was just pushing, like, we should start, you know, adding makeup and really push it, putting charcoal powder on. It was just so infantile. And so we would be sitting outside before stage, and Maria would put our makeup on for us. I'm talking in front of, like, Devil Driver and Kitty and all these bands or whatever. And we were, like, just, what is happening right now? You know, that was, like, to look back on that and then now where we've progressed, like you were saying, as far as our characters and who we are and how much we embrace uh, what we're conveying on stage and stuff. It's, it's crazy to think back to that. Um, and that's Maria's vision, you know, just pushing kind of like, let's, you know, no holds barred. Let's just do what makes us happy. You know? Well, it's uh, funny. You mentioned that putting on the makeup on in front of the other bands. The thing is, is like you just mentioned, vision takes courage 100%. and a lot of stop, start, fail. And you just stick with the vision. And now what are you guys, you guys doing, or, you know, you're doing big shows and you're the headliner and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it's always one of those things like bully to you guys for sticking with it. Right. And, uh, you know, like Rob Zombie always says, he goes, he, he doesn't care if other bands are scaling down and wearing plaid. I'm going to put on a big rock show because mm -hmm. rock, big rock shows are cool. Yep. And I can't going back to your story real quick. I don't want to, I don't eat up too much talking time, but I always find it interesting that you mentioned that you had basically made a video and says basically aggressive drummer willing to do anything to make it, including wearing makeup. Randy and Chris being such used Kiss fans must get a kick out of that because that's the same thing Peter Chris did to get into Kiss. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I did just... ask him about that drum, aggressive drummer willing to do anything to make it. And that's kind of like <laughs> where you are in that situation. So that's got to be a lot of fun to think about. Huh. Um, so going forward, I mean, 2021 is coming around. We're all still waiting on that. We're all acting as though that's going to be the time when bands are going to get out. I mean... I know you guys are both itching to get out and, uh, you, you know, you guys looking at uh, this is going to be a year run or are you just going to keep going until it's time to record again? What's what, what are your plans? I know you guys, you know, it's always what we have in our head. What do you guys hope for? Well, I'm hoping summer 21. We'll be back okay. out there. Yeah. There's some talk yeah, and some hope. We're playing the record. Uh, are you going to be out there playing uh, the new record? Or are you working on new material? You, you know, because you did release it. There's time. I would hope that you're going to go tour on it. Oh yeah, sure. You're going to like Chris says. We hit a big pause button. We're still going to do a full cycle of this record. You know, um, yeah. you know. Tentatively, we're hoping for the summer of, of 21 to get back out there. You know, who knows what limitations and you know what criteria we're going to have to meet to be able to do that. But we're, we need to get out there. The fans need the music. You know what I mean. Hopefully yeah. it's going to be safe enough so we can get back out there. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Um, you know, a lot of people would, um, would be, <laughs> I don't know if the nervousness is the right answer. The idea is that like, you have to, you have to plan, you have to think about it because there's a lot of moving pieces and it gives you hope. Even if you have to postpone, even if it's or if it's earlier, who knows? But the idea is you're going to go and play this record. Cause I love the record. I think all of us love the record and a, a lot of bands that were in your particular position that released right before this. Right. And they're like, Oh my God, but we're going to be different, you know, maybe a different band by the time we ended up playing this. And then you never get to hear those songs you love. Maybe you never get to hear those songs that you love live. So I just wanted to ask that to make sure, because I, I'm going to be there and I want to hear them. Yeah. So that's what was tough. Like Justin said, I mean, we were prepped and, and we did all our homework at home to go out and start touring in this, in support of this record or we were going to be on tour a little before and obviously the record was going to drop while we were on the road so we were implementing some of the new songs and just doing that transitional period and then boom covid came so it's like we're all like frustrated like man we want to play these new songs too you know nothing beats that high point in the set of the new song and so yeah, yeah we're, we're hopeful we're hopeful it's going to happen soon you know Hey, let me ask you guys is there any any talk about you guys doing some virtual concert some like you know really cool big performance like a one-off kind of thing for streaming I've heard whisperings mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's, there's, there's some uh, talks happening i think towards the end of october or something i heard about a month ago and in, in a couple months so um there's yeah. definitely talks happening we're going to do what we can to do something super special for the fans you know yeah because so, yeah, it's interesting i was gonna say it's interesting seeing Corey taylor he's doing a big thing at the forum i'm like you know there are other bands that are very capable of doing such a big I mean, it's a one-off, it's, it's a cost, but they, you know, obviously there's a lot of fans out there would 
that would love some sort of special event like that. So I was just curious if you guys had something like that, in, uh, you know, in the canon coming up. So right. It, yeah, and you guys are on your second we, single. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that, Travis. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and you're on your second single right now, the record. Am I uh, uh, hunting grounds correct? Yeah, that, that was a free track. I think the, the the new song's coming out. We just finished a video for oh. it. So that should okay, be sweet. In awesome. editing now. So, I like, sorry, I, what was the video for? Yeah. Uh, As Above, So Below. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I've been watching this one a lot. It's uh, one yeah. Of my, uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 um, the product, whoever did the video, who did the video, by the way, uh, the, the producer. Ooh, can't. Uh, Stephen, Glans <laughs> Stephen Glansberry. <laughs> uh, it rules, and the song's incredible too. I mean, the whole pick, the whole package. That, that's why I got jacked. I was like, please play the record because I can see what this, the visuals. Well, I can't see the visual, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is gonna fucking rule, you know. So hopefully you're able to do the live stream and give us a little teaser of what that live show might look yeah, like. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think we're just trying to, just like anything else, you know. You have to do it in a certain format under the circumstances with COVID, but we still want to have it look and come across in this moment style. So there's still a little more extra thought process of it than, right. you know, sitting in a bright room playing kind of thing. So it's, it's there's talks happening for sure. Sweet. Yeah, good but it's always it's always good too because you can really help stretch out the duration of an album cycle by just doing these small little events and dropping a video what two weeks or whatever i mean you just kind of keep slowly feeding this out there so the record's always fresh and then when you can play it live it's you're basically hitting the ground running yep. um chad we've kept these gentlemen for almost an hour did you want to add anything because we do want to talk about some links that people can go to um to get these fellows creative stuff and by the way uh one of our first questions it wasn't a question it was a statement let me find it real quick hold on two seconds guys the answer to that, though, while we're waiting is that uh, Joseph wanted to say, and this is a statement, Joseph Rodriguez, goes, how many more ways will these two come up with creative ways to empty my wallet? <laughs> love the love the offline creative stuff Ken is doing and Travis posting stuff on eBay as well. So thank you much, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you. In fact, let me point you, let me, let me show you some stuff while we talk about these ways that we can help them spend some of their uh, hard-earned. Uh, That's right, yeah. guys. So listen out there, if you guys are interested in uh, getting hold of some of Travis's art, and that includes, I guess, Travis, the fa uh, the, the masks, the faceless freak masks. Yep, He'll do custom jobs. Yep. And uh, those are available through his Instagram. So if you want to personal message him on Instagram, he'll get that set up for you. And um uh, obviously, you guys know his creativity. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. So, you know what? Christmas is coming up. So, there you go. Start getting those stockings filled right yeah. now. Uh, so, Travis, through IG. Kent, um, you guys can go through kentdimmel.com. It's up there on Chad's screen. Can you bring that up real big there, Chad? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go real big Fantastic. Right look now. at that. Man, I'm oh, telling yeah, you, that, whoever took that, that right? photo, <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna, whoever bio. took that photo, Ooh. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of that photo. Um, you guys want to go here? Kent does Zoom drum lessons through this, so just reach out to him through his uh, his website there, and you can set up some Zoom schedule, some Zoom stuff. Get your son involved in drums. He'll, oh yeah! Forget the pots and pans. Go get him a nice. Oh, <laughs> get, go get him a nice D drum kit. There you go. Um, also, he has, is you sell your drum heads through there well as well, or you do custom orders only. Uh, well, yeah, mainly custom orders is what I'll do. Sometimes I'll put them on eBay, but the drum head thing, if they want like a custom hand painted mm -hmm. drum head, that I'll sign and and sometimes i put lights in them to light them up uh that's usually through instagram okay all right so guys if you want to support these gentlemen individually and obviously you guys know you can always go to in this moment.com if you guys want to pick up some music or apparel or just check out what's going on with the band go to in this moment.com um if i'm going to hold you guys for just a few more minutes here because we're going to do some uh, housekeeping um chad anything else for the gentlemen oh my god i could talk to you guys literally well do you guys have about night, 10 more minutes to talk cool. yeah, yeah i mean I, absolutely okay cool so i got one question <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're cool i mean i mean if chad's got some questions i don't want to leave anything i want to i want to put it on the table yeah. the only thing that i really wanted to capstone on is this live production and we talked about how you as individuals get together and you know or separately bring your own dna dna there uh into the fold but when it's all together in the picture, how does that process start for a record cycle? I, it is my curiosity to know, like, 
okay, it's got to encompass the records, themes, and imagery, but when does that start, the talks, you know, for touring and, and whatnot? I mean, I would say Maria's always thinking about the, the aesthetics and the look of things, yeah. even prior to the record. <laughs> so she already has somewhat of a vision and a direction we're, we're going in. So uh, she'll kind of have it almost laid out as far as color schemes and what she's thinking about the, the album art. And all of a sudden, everything starts taking shape. And then we kind of have an idea of where we're going, where she's going with it. And we start putting our pieces in and cohesively kind of marry it all together. You know what I mean? So sure. she's, she's kind of the, the, the point of the spear that is, that is going towards what the overall concept will be. You know, we're just a bunch of dudes. So obviously You're the inertia. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, kind of she finds her vision, starts going towards it, and then we kind of follow suit and then bring in all of our little ingredients to make it a full, a full package. You know, do you have? Yes, I, I mean, I don't, but I can imagine. Do you have a group chat where those little ideas get uh, dumped into throughout the throughout that entire process of leading into the unveiling and what it is? For sure. Oh yeah, like awesome. Tech streaming like crazy and throwing ideas and stuff. Yeah. Those are yeah, real idea of it's my favorite. And, you know, pictures and photos of what she's thinking and she likes the way this looks and that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fun process. Phones going off at 3 a.m. in the morning. Your girlfriends are like, uh, who's this? And, uh, it's, it's the group thread. <laughs> I, be, I was just that'd curious. Be wives. As, that'd be, that'd be wives. Uh, wives, yeah. wives, girlfriends. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not sure. But yeah, I just had to ask this. I know that a lot of thought and practice has to go into putting that together and you guys, like I said, execute it very well. So thanks for giving me a little inside. Hey, uh, I have to, I have to bring this up. I'd be remiss to, to avoid this. Um, going back to Kent's drum lessons through zoom, uh, you could get those for your uh, son and or daughter, because if anything, Nandy Bushel, if you guys watch this with Dave Grohl and her going back and forth, Oh yeah. A little 10 year old yeah. girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So girls are just as apt, if not more ferocious on the drum kits. So, uh, Sheila E. taught us that. Yeah, right. So anyway, guys, so yeah, check out again. Uh, you can reach Kent's Zoom uh, drum lessons through his website. Uh, gentlemen, you guys are obviously family, so this has been a lot of fun chatting with you guys and finally seeing you guys. Um, and obviously, we can uh, hopefully get back to some sort of normalcy in right. whenever, the new year. But yeah. uh, listen, what we'd like to do then is uh, once things start progressing more, if we could have you guys back for like a part two at some point, we'd love that. You guys got so much going on, especially if you guys are going to do some extra special stuff here come the end of the year. I think going into January, I think it'd be a good way to start the year to talk with you guys. But thank you guys for helping us start off this Rocktober. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys are super special. And um, yeah, we really appreciate your time. Awesome. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for having us. 5 BPM yeah. next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, one other thing, guys, before I let these guys go, if you guys don't mind, we got to do some uh, some housekeeping here. Um, guys, if you noticed yesterday, we uh, have started a new Shiprock auction called Clear the Decks. And what that is, if we've gone into our, uh, well, basically our warehouse and started getting out all the uh, banners and posters and all kinds of one-of-kind items from Shiprock from the beginning of this cruise, um, 12 years ago to last year. Uh, so we're selling everything from the speaker scrims to hard to find posters and things you guys didn't peel off the elevators. And uh, we're going to be selling those all, but all the money is going to go uh, to For the Nomads. And if you guys aren't familiar with For the Nomads, they are an organization set up by our friend Frank. And uh, what they do is they go ahead and help alleviate some of the pain that local uh, touring crews, I'm sorry, touring crews are feeling right now because a lot of people are out of work right now as their bands are down. So we're going to do all we can to help them out. Uh, so again, all proceeds, the more the better, they all go to For the Nomads and through Unite the United. So we really appreciate you guys. Now, remember, select cabins are still available, but we are selling out quickly for Ship Rocked 2021. So anyway, uh, gentlemen, in this moment, uh, Kent, Travis, thank you guys so much. Uh, all the best to you guys and best to your families. And uh, just have a great week. You too, yeah. man. You we're too, man. Thank you. We're almost at the damn weekend, aren't we? Good Lord. Where does yep. the time go? So take care, guys. Be safe. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks again for coming, guys. Dude, thank you. Yeah, thanks, man.
Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.